Grace, this is going to be one heck of a, I'm going to say, hour. It is. Why? Why is that, Eric? We have people on that want to talk to us and the people listening. I don't know why, but uh -huh. we'll go with it. Uh-huh. I'm down. Let's do it. You ready to do it? Yeah. Let's convene for episode 14. I'm Eric Idiot Runner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack, and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back. Get out your foam roller and enjoy the party. Good evening, my Grace. Good evening, my Kosick. I like it. How are you? I am fabulous. Spent the weekend up at World's End State Park. Uh, uh, volunteering, observing, cheering, all the things at the World's End 50K and World's End 100K, and then did a little uh, mountain biking yesterday. How about you? you? You recovered from all your cheering over the weekend? Dude, that was fun. I love World's End. I love it. You know what? I just realized over the weekend, that was my sixth year going up there. We Becky just added it up on our drive over. I think it was seven for us. And yeah. it's insane. Like I and I'm totally fine, probably never running it again. But I think I'm <laughs> going to continue to just go over and like soak it all in. It's a, it's like a different world, little portal you go through. I don't know. Yeah, it is. And I think that's the right way to describe it too, because there's no cell service, you know, it's spotty at best. And, um, and it's the, the same people. Um, every, I, so I have a fun story for you. Oh, come on. All right. Did you go ahead with your story? <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm at high knob, which is about mile 35 of the hundred K I'm up at high knob. And I like, I love cheering on all the people. It doesn't matter, matter if I know you, I don't know. You. And I think everybody's like that up there. Everybody, you go up, to world's end and it's the a lot of the same people oh. and so i was trying to help other people cheer for their people and so there was this guy who was standing there alone and i was like hey who are who are, hi my name is grace who are you cheering for wait and, is that how you said it because i would have been kind of scared probably like, who yeah, are my name? that is exactly where this story is going yeah, okay <laughs> so, so the so I introduced myself, who are you cheering for? And he gave the first name and I don't remember what it was. And I was like, oh, well, what's their last name? Because I know most of the runners there. Mm -hmm. And um, he he was like, I'm not telling you their last name. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, I kind of know everybody who comes up here. And he's like, well, we're from Florida. You wouldn't know us. And I'm like, and you don't need to know us. Yeah. And then he, and then he walked away. <laughs> That's awesome. I really creeped him out. We should definitely have him on somehow. <laughs> That's I, I felt kind of bad. I didn't want to creep him out, but I did. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably my short shorts. Yeah, we had a we had a great time cheering on everybody. I mean, it, it's a very inspiring event. Uh, I don't know. It warms my heart as a coach and as a runner and as a trail runner. Yeah, you had some uh, athletes running this weekend. Yeah, I did. I did. I had three. Um, Kara Hahn. It was her first hundred k. She destroyed it. Strong finish. Jason Lyons, first 100K, destroyed it awesome. with a finish. And Tim Schwartzer ran the 50K and got a hour, over an hour PR on the 50K distance. Wowzers. It's kind of big. Yeah. That's well, fabulous. It was good. That's awesome. Did you have anybody actually in World's End? I did not have any athletes in World's End. I had, I was desperately like texting, trying to get a signal to get an update because I had an athlete up at the Cayuga Trails 50 miler for her first 50 miler. That was Becky Smith. And she crushed it. She finished. Uh, she was really nervous about finishing and she did finish. So, so proud of her. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. That's one I've never done. I don't really know much about it, but I always hear good things. 
Yeah, I, I have not done it myself. I hear great things about it. And of course, you know, Ian is the race director, great race director and uh, looks beautiful. So. All right. So tonight I have some homework I need to do I, I okay. to work on. I've been told that on on this show, on this live show, that I tend to have resting bitch face. You do. I know. And I know like it's a known thing. I, I knew I did, <laughs> but I was told so. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard? Anyway, so I'm gonna work on that. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know how it's gonna be uncomfortable, probably, but I'll like fake smile. Or I something. don't know what that face is, but, but I'm not gonna maybe I gotta stop trying to concentrate. I don't know. I'll work on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Good homework for you. And we um, you know, we we were talking a little bit about our athletes accomplishing things. It's just so inspirational up at World's End. And we have um two guests who are big inspirations today. Yep. Um, our first one is Brian Akins, and he is coming on the show for the running mullet, and he was DFL. So we got our DFL from the 100K distance on the show, which we're really excited about. And, yeah. um, and if you don't know what DFL means, that means dead. Depends on who you're talking to. It's either dead freaking last or dead fucking last. It's one of the two. Family and show. Family show. Shh. Fine. No, it is. And I mean, he put your kids in bed. Yeah. Uh, so, three minutes and 40 seconds he had left, which is three, incredible, incredible to me. Something like three that. Three right minutes and that. 40. Yeah. I think you're right. 340 or 320. One of the just over oh. three minutes left on the clock before he made it through. And he did make it through for the finish. But just as a reminder of how difficult this 100K is, it is incredibly difficult. Just to run a couple of numbers so you understand this, there were 104 finishers this year. And it was, uh, compared to some previous years, years, it wasn't terrible weather. It did get warm, um, but, you know, we didn't have lightning storms this year. So 31 of those finishers finished in the last hour. 23 were in the hour previous. So 54, over half of the finishers finished in the last two hours of this race. And that, for a 100K distance, isn't typical. Uh, just to, again, to kind of wrap your head around it, if you were a front of the pack runner, because we talk about the front and the back of the pack here, um, only eight people finished in less than 14 hours. And these are strong, strong, strong runners. Um, so uh, him finishing DFL is just a huge accomplishment because a lot of people didn't get to finish that day. And um, it's awesome just to get to the, yeah. the front of the line for that. So we're going to bring right. on Brian Akins. Brian uh, started out with, uh, as a typical Pennsylvania runner with Dirty German as his first race on Ultra Sign Up. He did the World's End 50K last year. I guess you're yeah. introing him, huh? I, yes, huh. you know what? Guess huh. what? I forgot to send you that post-it note, buddy. <laughs> I am introing Brian now. And I Ultra Sign Up stalked him. Did you Ultra Sign Up stalk him? Well, I, I don't think it really no, matters to you. you <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that. And he ran the Heiner 50K this year, uh, and he just finished the uh, World's End 100K. So let's bring on Brian. I'm going to do a better job real quick and say, Brian Akins is a 41-year-old from Schwenkville, PA. <laughs> um, favorite color? Do you know his favorite color? He finished in a time of 1856, 40 seconds, and 22 hundredths of a second. At the at, uh, at the nine, near the nineteen hour cutoff, okay. How's that, Grace? Love it. Hey, before we get we do before we dive into him, let me let's back up. You're gonna dive into him. I well, thought this was a family show. Well, here we go again. <laughs> All right, let me back up real quick. I want to. I have one more shout out. It's important to me because I our friends need shout outs and supporters of this show need shout outs, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna give it to them. Okay. Gabe, Bat, Gabe Batdorf, who is listening, mm -hmm. and you just posted his comment, he ran a phenomenal, phenomenal 800K race on Saturday at World's End. He ended up in third place. Um, uh, don't quote me, but it was like eight seconds behind second place. He almost had him. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but he, he ran – this is his first official 100K distance, oh, wow. and he runs like that. The only other time he ran that kind of distance was at my house, and and uh, that's not a race. That's more of a fun event. But anyway, um, it was a phenomenal performance. I got to see him several times, and kudos to him. Um, I, I want to make sure I gave kudos to that. 
And there's a ton of other people and friends I know that were out hey, there. Let's, let's on. talk about Brian Akins. So let's talk about Brian Akins. <laughs> All right. I feel so welcome by Eric, by the way. Grace, you, you had me down pat. I appreciate that. <laughs> Eric's sitting over reading notes. I was not. There was a bug on the table and whatever. All good. Thanks, guys. It. Thanks for being on here, Brian. It's, it's a really cool thing to be uh, that close to the cutoff mm -hmm. to the end of a race. And that's why I reached out. And neither of us know you. I just want to make it clear to everybody. We don't know each other at all. And we, no. I didn't really want to hear your story or, or ask about it before this show. Why would you want to hear it? Because that's what makes this show special. And that's why we're live. That's why. Right. So, I mean, you I, one of your first things that I did see that, that when I was kind of for this from this race. Right. So I lost it there. I apologize, Eric. You, you froze. Uh, I'm sorry. I froze. Uh, maybe yeah, I froze. Did. No. Did. Either way. So, uh, leading up to World's End, you raised money um, for for mental health, correct? Yeah. Yep. Do you want? Yes. Are, you, are you okay? You want to talk about that? Is it all right? A thing to talk? You we can talk about? Yeah, man. So uh, I've been a mental health advocate, you know, for all my life for 20 years. I work with. Uh, I'm an elementary school teacher. I work with kids uh, struggling with emotional behavioral needs. And so for a long time, I've been raising money for mental health awareness and donating it to different um, charities, different nonprofits. And uh, this year I got on the uh, bigger than the bigger than the trail team and became an ambassador there for them. And it was so important to me uh, just because it's what I live in in my space. But this past February, a good friend of mine uh, ended up taking his life. And so this year was even extra special for me. And uh, wanted to raise money for bigger than the trail, and uh, got 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 a shirt made uh, for my friend Mark, who who passed away. And so this this was an extra special uh, year for me. Awesome. All right, so let's dive right into what the hell and happened so at this real. Race. Wait, real quick. Uh, that fundraiser is called Miles for Mark, and I believe it's still open. Actually uh, finished the day of the race. Oh, did it? I, I closed well, it the mind. day of the race. Yeah, yep. Never mind. There, yep, but uh, bigger, but bigger than the trail is around. People can uh, donate yep. to bigger than the trail. It's a really great organization. So nice choice. No doubt. Yeah, yep. And, and mental yeah. health. You know, my mental health is is better because of the trail, right? And I'm sure you guys feel that too. Just absolutely, absolutely. running, hiking, whatever. If I'm out in the woods, I'm happy. Yeah. So you don't have to. We're not looking for a, a minute by minute recap of of your day, but uh, give us the the overall uh, gist of what went down, and you know what you, maybe what your goal was, and you know how it ended up so close. Well, that's good, Eric, because I gave my daughter a minute by minute rundown of the race. I think she got annoyed with me. So, uh, <laughs> so I mean, I was hoping to get under eighteen hours. I I've been training my ass off since the beginning of January. Um, I, I hired a coach, Michael Gagliardi, aka Gags, and mm -hmm. he's been huge for me. And uh, so I've been busting my tail since the beginning of January. And uh, a friend of mine, who have been running with for a couple of years, said he wanted to do the, the PA blacklist. And so I said to him uh, last fall, I said, you, you want to do this? Do you really want to do this? And he said, yes. I said, all right, then I'm all in. So um, I've been training like crazy and started the race. And I just couldn't breathe from the very beginning. So I have mm. asthma and um, I couldn't breathe from the very beginning. I was, I was having a hard time catching my breath that whole race. And uh, I got to mile 10 and I had my crew there who uh, have to give a huge shout out to them. Scott Haight and his wife, Monica, they were fantastic. Scott just had the right things to say to me every time that I came in. And they both just remind me to breathe. And so I'm, I'm a big, a big uh, meditator. I've been meditating for about 12 years. And so that was a nice reminder every single time just to breathe, just to breathe, slow my breathing down mm -hmm. and didn't get any better uh, till like the last 14 miles of that race. I just couldn't catch my breath the whole time, but I was super slow, not feeling like I was in a good spot. And then, um, you know, kept on hitting the aid stations. My, my uh, mile 19, I was ready. I was done. I just, I felt like I was going to pass out so many times during that race. I was so lightheaded. And I was ready mm -hmm. to be done. And Scott 
showed me a video of my son and it just I, I just like started to tear up. I'm like, all right, I gotta go. I gotta keep doing this. I gotta keep doing this for him. Uh this you know what he was him. doing. He, yeah. He did he did. We got we got a, a I got a little display of all of our medals, he and I. Uh he's only seven, so he's he's got just a couple of 5k medals. Um, uh, but I wanted to get this buckle for him. So um it got me going, got my got my butt moving again. And uh he he uh He's definitely inspired me for that for the rest of that race. And and so Monica jumped in and started pacing me around mile 36-ish, somewhere around there. And I, I said, yeah, yep. And so that was my favorite part of the race, truthfully, because because uh, we just walked and we talked. And it was like being in nature and I was happy. Uh, yeah. And I just... And, and that big started, downhill. You got that big downhill yeah. right afterwards, too. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, and that was key. <laughs> it was definitely key. And, but I was still having a hard time with my breath there. But we, we started getting to moving, and then the next aid station, Scott jumped in, and uh, he really pushed me the rest of that way. And then we uh, we were like mile 14, I guess, Brunnerdale around there, uh, 14 miles away. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew my time, and I knew where I had to be pace-wise, and mm -hmm. I was feeling pretty confident at that point in time. I thought, oh, we got this. We got half marathon to go. I got three and a half hours, four hours, something like that to mm -hmm. finish. And uh, then all of a sudden, man, it just caught up. And the time caught up to me real quick. Mm -hmm. and, and we got down to the last, well, the last 10 miles. I said, Scott, we got, we got 10 miles to go. And we got two hours. I, I got to get my ass moving. Yeah. And, and we did. And we just kept on pushing it. And so I told him, um, well, so we got some, we got some trail magic, was, which was phenomenal. Uh, Scott really is big in, in, in cleaning up trash. He, he goes on um, you know, these trash cleanups like once a month. And there was a bag of, well, there was just a bag sitting on the trail. And I said, man, how rude is that? Somebody just left a bag just sitting on the trail. It's so nice out here and they're just ruining the trail. And so Scott's behind me. He picks it up. He's like, Brian, it's a bag. It's a tortilla bag of ice. I'm like, oh, I will take that. <laughs> so he stuffed it in my back and I ran for like 15 miles with a bag of ice uh, in a tortilla bag. And it, saved, it totally saved me. It really helped me out. So nice. that was my trail magic. And awesome. uh, yeah, it was it was super huge for me. And that's then, the secret. That's why I haven't finished this race yet. I haven't, uh, <laughs> you haven't tortilla bag, tortilla of bag of ice. That's right. That, that's the key. Yeah. And then uh, you know what, another thing throughout that race. So I, I uh, when I was running, well, I, when I was walking, I would kept on getting mm -hmm. bit by the black flies. Man, just little mm -hmm. nips here and there all over my head. And I got I got no hair, so. They were loving me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so in my mind, it was just, that was my buddy Mark, you know, telling me to get my ass moving and start running again, start running yeah, every yeah. time. And uh, I just kept, you know, kept him in my, in my head and, and had his shoes on. I ran with a pair of his shoes. Uh, we just happened to have the same size. And so that, that just kept me moving. So we got down to the last six miles and man, those aid stations, Everyone at those aid stations was phenomenal. Every single aid station, just great people, man. Mm -hmm. And cheering you on, cheering you on. And whatever, at Fern Rock, um, mm -hmm. somebody at that aid station ran with me for about 50 yards. He's like, you got, you got less than five miles that to Aaron? go. You got an hour and 15 minutes. And he, yeah, I don't know who it was, but I was, I was too busy trying to run. He was running with me. Just tell me, what, what, like, look at your watch. You got less than five miles. An hour and 15 minutes to go. And so I'm calculating, I'm doing the math. I'm like, all right, I got 12 and a half minutes. So I got to keep that pace going. Yeah. And I hit about a 12 minute pace for those last mile, the last few six miles there. My last mile was about a nine minute pace. I was just cruising because there was no way at that point in time I was losing that buckle. No way. And uh, yeah, and then I crossed the line. I just, I couldn't believe it. it uh, there was a time there, like three miles left. I'm like, Scott, I'm not making it. I'm not going to make it. Because yeah. he was like, you only got 400 feet of elevation the last six miles. That, that 400 feet of elevation never stops when it's midnight and you can't see yeah. in front of you. So it just yeah. kept on coming and kept on coming. And, yeah. uh, you know, then eventually it didn't. Then that downhill was just glorious. It's so yeah. much nicer. Everybody <laughs> knows that last five miles, man. It's it's flat runnable and nobody has mm -hmm. runnable legs at that point. So it, it goes yeah. on and on forever. I actually mm -hmm. like it in the dark because you can't see how monotonous it is in the daylight. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's deja vu. It's you, you see 200 yards, you go you, and it looks like the same thing. 200 yards go. Yeah. It's, all yep. flat. it's just hard. And you know, you should be running and you know, you can make up time, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
and I was just grooving at that point in time. I, I was, uh, you know, I was in a trance. Like I knew I had to get there and I, my legs were turning. I was feeling good. And so it was, I said, I said to Scott, my pacer, I said, it was, it's better that I couldn't see what was in front of me and I could yeah. just keep yeah. going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody's wondering this and the question came at, uh, through the, the chat. This is highly interactive, by the way, if you have any questions for Brian, please toss them in there. Um, what was going through your head coming through the last aid station, knowing how tight your margin was, did you doubt yourself or did that push you on even more? Yeah. I mean, I knew I was getting it at that point in time. I knew I, at the time was going to be tough, but I knew I was going to get it. There was no way I was letting that buckle go. Um, I, I, like I said, I calculated that time in my head what I had to keep my pace at. Um, yeah. I actually, I told Scott, I said, listen, I'm dumping my bottle. I got two left if I need them and I'm just going right through. I'm not stopping. I don't have time. And, and then I, and then, and then I just took off. So the only time I doubted, like I said, I had three minutes, three miles left. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to do it. And, and I was, you know, the overwhelming anxiety of trying to get there. Yeah. You did it, man. You did it. And that's why we wanted to have you on. Like it, it's a great, that's a great story you just told. It really is. And like, it's phenomenal that you, you're so close. I mean, it, you were right on that edge of victory and sadness, you know? <laughs> and like and you said, I think in your, it was in your Instagram post, uh, you know, you, you actually passed five ish people in yeah. that last five miles and, and wow. being so close, you knew for a fact, those poor runners were not going to make it. Yeah. And that is, that had to be hard. I can imagine how hard that was for you being in that emotional state of mind you were in. And I mean, the, the clock doesn't, doesn't cheat. It is what it yeah. is. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you know, in the role that I play in my life as, as an educator, you know, I'm very empathetic and, and my heart was just pouring out for them. Um, and some of them I knew, you know, via social media and, and I was hoping so badly that they could, they could get it going again, but mm -hmm. also realized that they weren't and that killed me. But it also on the flip side of that, man, being optimistic, it just reminded me yeah. of all the grind that I put in every single morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, every day, right. you know, it, it paid off that paid off for me right then and there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Spot on. Uh, if anybody knows about grinding. I feel like that's a segue over to bringing on Scott. Yeah. Because. <laughs> well, I mean, I will say, yo, you're in for the triple crown and the the yeah. uh, blacklist. Yeah. I I've only done the triple crown. The black the black forest wasn't a race when I did the triple crown. But um, I don't know where you're you you are mentally going into Eastern states now. But I, for you, you know, nothing but positive. You should have nothing but positive um, mm -hmm. thoughts going into it. It doesn't matter how close you were to this cutoff, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it's 100 miles and not 64. Yes, it's just as hard, but it's not harder. It, right. And somebody might disagree with me with that. It's just uh, doing the same thing again. You just have to do it a little bit longer. longer. Yeah. 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 I think it's the thing, you're just thankful for every mile you get to do, you know, and what a what an amazing first 100K, right? Yeah, first time. Like you, Listen, I that, I only started running. <laughs> yeah, it was. I only started running three years ago. And this was this was out yeah. of a. I mean, I was tricked by some friends to really to start running, and and so for me to do this race, it was huge for me because that cutoff is just so tough. It's so yeah. tight. Yeah. yeah, you can so, get to Brunerdale like without yeah. too much difficulty, but if you haven't banked time, yeah, it's it, it it's a struggle bus from that point on. So yep. I mean. Yeah. You played it smart by trying to get in there early and and you finished. Damn, yeah. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel excited about the about Eastern States. Uh, mm -hmm. much more confident, obviously, at this point in time. Yeah. But I feel more confident now because my legs feel great. It's my feet that are blistered a little bit on that. My legs didn't hurt at all the whole race. So yeah. I feel much more confident now going into Eastern States. Not that it's gonna be it's still not gonna be no joke, you know, yeah. it's still gonna be tough, but I feel a lot it's better now one. that I finished this one. Did you wear, did you, were you wearing toe socks or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the bottom of my feet started to blister. Um, I, and, and that, but I didn't, I actually didn't notice it until I took my socks off at the end of the race. Gotcha. Like I didn't, I didn't feel it. They didn't, they didn't bother me at all. Well, phenomenal job. Um, we Thanks, will be, guys. I will be at the, uh, tombs flats, which is previously slate run aid station of Eastern States with the idiot runner, Big idiot runner crew, um, getting you through 
I'm, I probably won't even let you sit down. I'm going to be honest with you, <laughs> but make sure you give me a big hug. If you see me, I hope to see you. Um, your story is truly amazing. You should be very proud of what you did. And uh, I'm sure your buddy is too. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate it a lot. And you never know what's going to come along next because uh, our next guest is Scott Snell. And hey, he, which is cool because Scott, um, and you can hang out if you want, Brian. You can gracefully bio out as well. No doubt. Uh, Scott has been doing this a little bit longer, but the two of you, I'm looking at your ultra sign up and it's like, uh, Scott did one of his earlier races on there was a uh, naked Bavarian 40 miler, which you, Brian, you did the 20 miler. I mean, Brian, you were following the traditional path of the Pennsylvania ultra runner. That's right. First you do blues cruise. Then you do the, the naked series. Then you do world's end and Heiner and Eastern States. And then apparently you graduate to uh, backyards. And so Scott, uh, we are very thankful that, Eric knows Scott and uh, you had the conversation. You, you do this intro, Eric. Oh, really? You're now? It's, oh, you're just passing it on to me. I'm, well, you did so good um, with your smiling that I thought I would. I'd give I, you that. You're so nice. All right. Would well, you want to bring him on or do we do an intro before you even bring the poor guy on? It's all up to you. All right. I, well, you're I mean, in charge. Scott and I met shortly after I got into running in 2000. I think it was 2017. I think we did the triple crown together. He might correct me on that. Um, but it, I felt like every race I went to, Scott was at. And then we kind of kept in touch through that. And um, he finally eventually came to a summer idiot runner event, which was still the last man standing type format. And he won that like a walk in the park. I mean, everybody else is dying and sweating and he just keeps doing loops and loops. And, and again, he might correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that might've been his first eye opener of why the backyard format is his jam. Oh, I want to, can I add him in now? Cause I want to see if I hope you do. Yeah. Him. I mean, he's a guest. We can bring Thank him in. You. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> well, you know how to do it. <laughs> Now, for everybody listening and everybody that will listen tomorrow, those who don't know Scott and don't know what he just did, I'm going to I got to start off with that because it's insanely amazing. The last man standing event, we can describe that, but he ran 312 last person it is the last person standing, just so you know. Did they change it? It's the last runner standing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> 312 point semantics. <laughs> yeah, 312.5 miles in 75 hours, 75 loops. So let's back up for those that don't know what a last human standing event is. Okay. Yes, and Eric, I think that that's a good way to put it. And that that's how anyone who's who is familiar with backyards, they probably know who Laz is. Lazarus Lake mm -hmm. is yep. kind of the creator of the format. But he does call it last man standing, but he says man as in human, like all mankind. So that's how he uses man. So it's not Very nice. not male. It's yeah. Less, it's, yep. it's yeah. All in yeah. <laughs> and I believe for the the cap at least for the capital, they call it last runner standing. So. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I think so. Yep. Yep. Okay. Go ahead, Scott. Tell us go over the, <laughs> go over the format real quick. Yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty simple format. It's uh, every hour on the hour, every runner has to run a 4.167 mile loop. And so how that equates, it comes out to exactly 100 miles in 24 hours. And so everyone has to finish that uh, loop within the hour. And if they don't finish it, then they're out of the race. It's a, D it's a DNF, uh, did not finish. So mm -hmm. everyone just keeps on doing this until it's really just like a race of attrition until there's only one one runner left standing and that runner is your winner and in in the there's there's kind of like a little little catch there that in the case where two if if no runner finishes one lap more than anyone else then there is no finisher and mm. kind of like the basically the race wins so the, mm. the the winner has to finish one lap more than any other runner within in the race so yeah and so that's, all that's runners there's one finisher and then everybody else is a DNF. Every, right? Everyone else is a DNF or, yeah. or a DQ if they broke a rule. Yeah. yeah. So before we go any farther, I, and I, 
I, if I could have had her on for this episode, it would have been amazing. I didn't even try, but we have to mention the assist, which is important. The, the second play, the two people running together, the, the, the person who wins can only go as far as they go if mm -hmm. the other person with them keeps running with them. Yeah. And Jennifer Russo was that sec was that partner with you um, that made it towards the end and set a American record of 300 miles in what, what was it? 74 hours, 72 hours, right? Yeah. 74. She did 74 hours, completed 74 laps. Yeah. Which was, she broke, that was uh Courtney DeWalter's uh, world world record for the female in the backyard. And yeah. the record previously, I think was, I want to say it was like 68 hours that uh, mm. Courtney had set that at bigs when she was uh, battling it out with Harvey Lewis. Man, right. that is oh. just phenomenal. And so yeah. we we um we just happen to not know Jennifer, but she uh, did an amazing job as well. But Eric, you have a, a history with Scott. You know him. <laughs> yeah, I mean we do. He was I, up, he was up at the house. I think that's the yeah, yeah. yeah, that, that was actually what you just did, and we gotta make this clear to anybody who for some reason doesn't understand it. What you just did puts you way on a different level like holy crap dude how do you feel right now like uh, are you recovered? yeah I'm, I'm mostly recovered right now i went for my first run since the race just yesterday just yesterday afternoon and the the legs are a little bit sore but otherwise it it felt pretty felt pretty good to be back out and running so yeah i'm i'm, I'm back back to normal uh mostly caught up on sleep still kind of uh, a little drowsy a little bit more drowsy than normal but I'm kind of sleep deprived all the time anyway, so it's it's kind of normal for me. I, I got four kids, so it's it's like there's there's not much downtime for me. Yeah, we're we're pretty similar in age. You are you're 43, correct? Yes, yes, sir. So and we're we both have a family, and I I I tried the backyard format, and I I don't feel like it's my strong strong suit. And and you on the flip side, you you found out a few years ago that. Mm -hmm. it's 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 what you're good at right would you argue yeah. that i i'd say yeah i kind of found my niche in ultra running in the backyard because uh the first backyard i did was um it was just a few weeks from the the last idiot standing that i did at your house mm -hmm. uh it was it was run ragged up in connecticut That's I, right. I, I ended up winning that one it was like uh it turned out to be like 99 miles in 31 or 32 hours because their their race is a little unique that they don't have a have the actual 4.167 mile distance it's a tougher course but it's only a 5k course so kind of depending on your strengths as a runner that might be a benefit or a hardship but um that that's just how it played out and it it worked out all right for me but then it, i think it was about two weeks later that i went to your house to do that summer edition of the last idiot standing and so the the 100k there didn't feel too bad and that was like my last long training run before um before eastern states that year Right. Which yeah, I, I think, think we ran that Eastern together, right? Not together, but I mean, we both ran the race, right? Uh, I, I think that year, uh, I want to say that year Becky was running it and you, you were crewing, I think. Yeah. It was, I think it was 2017 we ran it together. And okay. That was the first year that I ran it into the Triple Crown. I think you did the whole Triple Crown series that year also. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's when we, we got to know each other. It was 2017 and we were running all those same uh, right. PA races. How many times have you done World's End? Three times, three times. Nice. Yeah, so I, I went for the Triple Crown three times, but the the middle year, was it 2018 when Eastern States didn't happen? Um, uh, missed out on the Triple Crown that year just because of the race cancellation. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I went for it three years. And then after three years of like my race schedule being the same every year, I decided I wasn't going to sign up for Heiner because every time I signed up for Heiner, I was like, well, I'm sign up for Heiner, I might as well do triple crown. Right. And then it was just All like right. a domino. How they get you. You know? Yeah. And they, <laughs> they opened that sign up like one week after Heiner. So you're still yeah. all pumped on the endorphins from running Heiner. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, you have your yeah, schedule set for the next year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like before you know it, your whole your whole season's set. So yeah. I, I had to just like, I had to, I had to shut myself off from sign up for Heiner. Otherwise I'd be doing yeah. the same thing every year. Yeah, you broke out of the the form. You broke out of the cycle. And I think the way that everybody does, the, which is the way that everybody gets out, I think, is by signing up for a New York State race. Twisted Branch. Yeah, that, that was kind of a blessing from Eastern States being canceled that I, I went out and tried a different race. And Twisted Branch was great. I mean, I, I thought it that is. was a great race. I loved it. It is. Yeah.
Just and, so um, everybody knows, we happen to be twinning tonight just by yeah. chance. And so yeah. they're wearing the same T-shirt. Wasn't even planned. No. Wasn't even no. planned. Um, and so this was not your first uh, backyard win. You have several backyard wins behind you, and you did have uh, you, you did go to Bigs uh, previously, and this gets you a ticket into Bigs again. Um, so just to give some people some context, but this is your your longest distance at the backyard. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Wow, Before that, exciting. my longest distance was was at Biggs last year, where wow. I did uh, 62 yards. So that's that's like 258, and and that was a PR for me. But it was only one yard one yard better than what I did at Capital last year, though, which okay. I did 254 there. So yeah. I, I, things kind of fell apart for me at Biggs earlier than I wanted. And mm -hmm. so I got to that PR and then it was just, it was kind of like I was done at that point. And yeah. I had already fallen apart. So it was just like that PR was the last checkpoint where I could end my day there without feeling too crappy about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like a loser when I only did 258 miles. I, know. I was just thinking like, what a, what a great thing that Jennifer was able to help you get to um, a longer distance. Do you feel more prepared going into bigs now? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was the big thing. My big goal at Capitol. I mean, of course, like it's always like you want to be the last one standing. It's the whole point sure. of the race. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure most people at these backyards, I mean, maybe not most, but a lot of people have like certain goals other than being the last one there yeah but, but for, for me the one of my big goals was making it through a third night and then seeing mm -hmm. how far i could go because the, the third night really messed with my head at bigs mm -hmm. and um it just kind of i was already losing it before that and the third night just kind of killed me so so that was my big goal was getting through the third night and last year at capital that was my first time running through a second night and that was my goal at Capitol was to make it through okay. the second night. And then we ended up going all day a third day. And it was just last year it was me and Jennifer. It came down to me and Jennifer as the last two again last year. Mm -hmm. And then we went out on our first night loop and she timed out on that one. And that's how it ended last year. This yeah. this year we 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 well we it was it, we kind of worked together for a good mm -hmm. part of it, but then you know, at some point it's like, well, we both want this to be over, but neither of us wants to quit. So yeah, that's, that's kind of just how it, how it works out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I, I got to give Jennifer all the credit because yeah. I mean, she's like, she's such a strong runner and mm -hmm. just such a phenomenal athlete. And now, just like her, her, she's got so much fight in her. It's, it's just like, it impresses me every time to watch her run when things get really tough on that second and third day. And she just, she just yeah. doesn't quit. Yeah, and getting that many yards in, even though um, even though she was the assist, does that get her into bigs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Laz, so he kind of. I, I know, I know that it's kind of. It, I, I don't want to go into too much detail about it because the whole process is kind of confusing and not that interesting okay. to talk about. But <laughs> Laz yeah. has a whole system, and it's all on a two-year cycle for bigs, where every okay. other year is the team format, where you have your U.S. team versus all the other nations teams on their home courses. So then mm -hmm. there's only 15 spots, and that's every even year. So 2022 was the was the team. So this year is the World Championship. So all the winners from those will be at Bigs. So it'll be 75 runners. Wow. So so for this year, all the winners from last year's races have a guaranteed spot, and then after that, it's just the at-large list based on your best performance on on a two-year cycle. So okay. with with Jen's seventy four yards, she's pretty much guaranteed a spot. Nice. Yeah, this so, yeah, over she'll, she'll yeah, uh, this over three hundred mile cool. thing pretty much uh, is the new new benchmark. I was I like <laughs> every race, you know, people set new records and things like yeah. that. As these things go on year after year, obviously the mile benchmarks are going higher and higher. But mm -hmm. the, to get over the three hundred is still that threshold that's like flipping amazing or like yeah. you know what i mean not 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 everybody's doing it these days yet <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, and just like the edge of the envelope has been pushed so quickly yeah. with backyards like mm -hmm. it was just a few years ago where like the 200 mile mark was was a big exactly. deal and now mm -hmm. it's like 200 it's not even competitive unless it goes over 200 at this point right most both track. i mean it's competitive <laughs> but not not that level of competition so yeah. It's like yeah. if it's not going over 200, it, it wasn't like a super competitive race. Yeah. And I, was, I, think I, I was just, 
I was just thinking, Scott, how the word last in both of our cases being completely opposite. <laughs> you ran over 300 miles, and I'm just happy to get 64. All, all of my, my that the course that I ran though that is nothing like the yeah, uh, yeah. World's End course. Every mile yeah. you did at World's End so was different. tougher than any of the miles I did on the on the yeah. Capital course. Yeah, so different. And, uh, maybe and, uh, like after three hundred, it was a little bit tougher for me. <laughs> yeah. but, but I mean, and, just the the difficulty of the trail there is like another world compared to the Capital course. And different different number of years having been running. So I'm just saying, Brian, you still got a chance. Just Keep keep going through the the typical Pennsylvania uh, plan. So you're on the blacklist. So you're you're on track, buddy. Well, the, <laughs> and, uh, the beauty of both these races and what we're doing here is one is super physical and one is in extremely mental. Yeah, and, and that I so this leads into we did get some questions out on Facebook, and one of them was yours, Eric, and some other people want, had the same question, which is just how. And I guess I want to, question. I'll, I'll make that easier for you. <laughs> I want to be a fanboy and ask the, ask the, yeah. the obvious questions and don't be afraid to um, not answer what you don't want to, as far as letting out any secrets, because the level you're at, I don't care what you say or, or whatever, but you're, you just broke through a, a little glass ceiling there. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what you do in the near future. But um how is a very good question, but I want to start out with the, I think a lot of people are very intrigued by the sleep thing. No sleep. Mm -hmm. So you went three full nights, correct? Yeah, that's right. We did three, three nights. And you have, so as we said, the format, you have one hour to complete the loop. You can finish that loop in half hour and take a half hour nap if so possible, or you could finish in 59 minutes and take a one minute break and get out there. What is, did you keep a, a, a even keel? What was your plan? Yeah, my my strategy, I think kind of like my my sweet spot for, for the timing of the laps is like usually somewhere between like seven to nine minutes between laps, like coming in with seven yeah. to nine minutes. I, I feel like for, for me anyway, like longer than that, I sit down, I start to stiffen up. I just have extra time to sit there and wait which I don't, I don't really like just sitting there and waiting. I'd rather it be just more of like an even continuous run. You know, I, I just like having enough time to sit down, get my bottle filled, you know, take a few bites of some real food, get rid of my trash that I had if I brought anything out, repack a couple whatever snacks or gels if I'm taking those out. And, you know, seven to nine minutes is plenty of time to do all that, you know, to address any issues that are going on. If you got to change shoes, re-lube something, change shirts, whatever you got to do to take care of yourself and take care of little problems, you know, before they become big problems. That's seven to nine minutes is usually ample time to do that, at least to, you know, address high priority stuff. Did so, you sleep at all? Yeah, yeah, I, I did sleep. I, you know, I, I did a couple night laps where I tried to pick up the pace a little bit just to like build in a few extra minutes for sleep. But you know, the first night, I don't think I slept much. I tried to lay down a little bit. I might have dozed off for a few minutes here and there, but it wasn't much. Second night, I, I know I got some better sleep. And third night, I was I was sleeping good on the third night. Um, I was coming in like with, I think almost, I think it was between seven and nine minutes every lap. So oh. I, I think oh. I had about four, I think I had about four minutes where I, where I just like spent laying down before. Well, the, the other catch of this is, at three minutes before the next lap starts, they blow a whistle three times and it's a really loud whistle. Yeah. So that kind of eats into your sleeping time because I mean, unless you're a really heavy sleeper, that, that whistle is going to wake you up and it woke me up every time. So if I came in and I had like, you know, seven minutes, that's only, that's only four minutes until the, the whistle. So it's only four minutes that you have before some, that whistle is going to wake you up. So that, that's something you got to kind of calculate into your plans too, is like, how how that whistle is going to affect your sleep? Hmm. Very. Yeah. It it was it was good to get sleep because because when you're I mean you're sleep deprived yeah things start get kind of getting kind of weird on that fourth day if. third day even I mean I, on the third day I, we when I still had other runners with me to chat with you know it's like it's happened to me a couple times at other other backyards on the second and third day I think where I, I'll, I'll be having conversations with another runner. And then I start questioning if I actually said something out loud or if I just thought it in my head and thought I said it. And it, 
so I actually brought it up with a few people before I got too loopy this time. And all of them said they hadn't done that before. So I guess I don't know if that's just unique to me or I'm, I don't know. But I mean, it, it, it's something that happens to me after I'm like two nights sleep deprived that I start imagining I'm having conversations that didn't happen or or I have them and I don't think they happened. Very cool. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking, like, do you have somebody in your crew who is just looking for your mental yeah. stability? Yeah, this this year I had an awesome crew this year. Um, I mean, well, I had a good crew last year, but both both years I, I went into capital without a crew. So I just kind of I got adopted. I got adopted both yeah. years, thankfully. I, I, I had I just went in like, uh, you know, kind of kind of naive, but just, you know, assuming that at whatever point I really need a crew, it's going to, I'm going to be far enough along in the race that there's going to be extra, either extra race volunteers that are going to be willing yeah. to help me out. Or there's other runners and their crews that are going to be hanging out, watching the race, seeing how yes. it plays out that are going to jump in and help, which, I mean, that's one of the really cool things about these races is that mm -hmm. when your day's over, you can stay and hang out and help out other runners. Like, like me that show up unprepared without a crew. <laughs> and so, that's definitely the case in our sport, right? You can, you can show yeah. up to this stuff and somebody will take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So last year I had a few people jump in, but um, it, it was a, a runner who had done, she did like 125 miles before her day was over. Her name is uh, Dagmar. She's a local runner. She jumped in and she crewed for me like the, that third day at Capitol last year. Wow. And then this year I had, a, I, had a, I had a whole like rock star crew jump in and crew for me. Uh, is a father and son that were both running the race. Uh, uh, Marty's the father and his, his son, Derek, they were both running. Marty's a 70, 72 year old guy. He did like 80 miles for a PR for himself, 20, 20 laps. That's awesome. Killed it. And then after that, he got a little, little nap and then he was helping crew for his son, Derek, who was, who went like, I think 130 miles and his son had a, had his buddy there crewing for him, Jaron. And, um, so then after their day was done, they all got a little bit of rest. Then they all jumped in and crewed. All three of those guys crewed for me for that, like second day, third night, third day, and all day, third day. And, um, and yeah, third night too, I guess. But yeah, I, I had like a total rock star crew and they just, they took great care of me. Like the whole, whole time that I, I was in need of care. Wow. That is phenomenal. So Here. I have one, I have one more question and then Grace, you can ask whatever you want. Um, Scott, you plead the fifth on this, respectively. If you want, I, I don't blame you if you do. But <laughs> if you had an assister to keep moving, how, where were you at? I mean, I, I was eyeing the American record at the point where we stopped. Fair enough. Because the, the American record's eighty-five yards, and we were at, we were, we, we both agreed, like we kind of had a little thing going. Um, before it was just me and Jen Jennifer. We had uh, the last four people in the Capitol were all members of Team USA from last year's uh, backyard at Biggs. So, nice. it, so we had all run together as a team last year at Biggs. So mm -hmm. there's already a lot of camaraderie there between the four of us. And so we, we all made an agreement that we we're going to push to 72 hours. And, mm -hmm. and that was a big, big goal for Jennifer. And we all agreed we we're going to do that. And then after that, it was backyard rules. We're, we're right. going, it's, it's, cutthroat blood sport after that whoever whoever lasts lasts and you know you're on your own so yeah. so it's like yeah you're, you're a team up to a point but then then you're you're going to be on your own i mean that's just the nature of the backyard that's how, how the rules work so we did that but by the time we got to 72 hours and 73 i i'd i'd been looking i'd looked at the american record again before going into this race and when mm -hmm. we got that close i was like you know it's only if we make it through the day we're there so that yeah. I was, I definitely had that in my sight at that point. I, wow. I mentioned it on the first day to other runners and you know, the, the head games are kind of stupid in backyards because some people mm -hmm. like to play head games and that early, I don't think like a head game like that is really going to mess with anyone. Mm -hmm. But I was talking about the American record on the first day. And I, I think most people thought I was joking and it sounds like <laughs> a joke when you're on your first day and you're saying I'm yeah. going to go 85, 86 hours. But yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I, I thought if it was possible, that's the, that's a course that you could definitely do it on. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it wasn't just like a, a, a wild idea that came up to me when I was completely sleep deprived and exhausted. It was, it was, it was a thought beforehand. 
Nice. Well, hopefully you can get it at Biggs. Uh, you're going to Biggs. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I guess that'd be the place that'd be more respectable to do it, just because the Biggs course is tougher. I, I, I will admit that. Yeah. That Biggs course is pretty tough compared to Capital. Mm -hmm. but, All right. But and, it, it's uh, definitely a goal to shoot for. Absolutely. And you did a, a lot of training building up to this. And um, in, the, uh, in the Running Mullet Facebook group, you had posted uh, a bit of your spreadsheet that you said that was a backbone of your training plan. Talk a little bit about how you train for something like this. Yeah, it was, it, I kind of just came up with this idea last year when uh, it was after I, I uh, won the backyard squatch and that was a bronze ticket to get me entry to capital last year, which was a silver mm -hmm. ticket last year to get into bigs. So like, I, I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to train for a race that you don't know how long it is. I mean, it's like, what do you yeah. do? You don't know how long you're running, but you know your pace. So I just kind of mm. based it on, I know what my pace is going to be. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to do, you know, try and build as much volume as possible. And mm -hmm. I, I want it to be as consistent as possible. Mm -hmm. So I just tried to run like really consistently, almost, almost daily. There are a couple of rest days in there, but very mm -hmm. few. And then um, the way I, I tried to build the volume, I tried to do it gradually. And mm -hmm. I, I figured the best way to do that is to look at big chunks of training, which is I looked at it one month at a time. So I took each month, like the first month, which was I didn't really consider a training month. I just looked at my mileage for the month and figured out my average daily mileage. And then I said, OK, well, that's the goal. I want to increase my daily mileage, my daily average mileage for mm -hmm. every every month leading up to capital. And that's what mm -hmm. I did going into capital. And it, it worked out for me there, getting get the win. And um so that that's what I did for bigs. Didn't work out so well there, but I did it again this year for capital. It worked out again. So I, I don't know. It, it seems to be a good way to prepare for these backyards. Yeah. I think the hard thing is thinking that there's there's other runners out there who are also very strong and doing the same thing, right? That, that's the hard yeah. thing. Yeah. And, oh, but that, I mean, the way I, I look at that is like, you know, at some point the the backyard is, is isn't really a physical competition. Yeah, it's more of a mental competition and just who has the drive and the, and I said it before and it's like so, so cliche that it's annoying, but it's like when, when it comes to backyards, I think it's just like who, who wants it more is going to get it. If, mm -hmm. if, as long as no one's injured or, or like fighting, a, uh, you know, shin splints or something, it's, it just comes down to who's, who's got that mental fortitude to keep pushing when they just don't want to be there anymore. Don't want to do it anymore. So, I, I mean, it's like, I think, at some point, yeah, it's just just who's got the drive to keep going. Yeah, and I always tell, I mean, the, the backyard format is so simplistic, it's it's beautiful. But, you know, anybody that's a trail runner, road runner, anything, I always suggest that they give one of those races a try because it's unlike anything else out there. And I, I, I would think you would agree with me, Scott. You know, I mean, and these people, you don't have to try to win it if you don't want to. The beauty of it is you can, there's so many personal goals you can set in this type of format, but yet it pushes you mentally harder than any other race format possibly can. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say for the format that's a struggle when you're on the back, in the back of the pack is the distance. So mm. there are, are people, you know, like me who just won't last that long because I can't do, I can't do a mile that fast, just you know, regular, depending on the terrain and how long I've been up and everything. Um, but the, the race distance is, is what gets you when you're at the back of the pack. That being said, and I hope I see more of this, uh, the Pemberton 24 is different. That one's a 5k mm. and it's, it's not a last person standing. It just goes for 24 hours. Um, so I just want to throw that out there for anybody who's in the back of the pack thinking, yeah, but I can't do four miles in one hour, right? <laughs> there, there are some, um, a couple other races out there, I think, that have some cool formats um, that uh, make it possible for us as, as all to, to feel what it's like to all be on the start line every hour, on the hour, yeah. see how long you can go. <laughs> we had... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I was, was going to say, like, Cause it, it is, I mean, if, if it's a, if you're, you know, feeling, if it's a stress to make that lap, yeah, it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to keep going. But like the, the yeah. thing I, I've seen about backyards is, is so many people 
that I've talked to and met through backyards, they, they've set their, their distance PRs at, at a backyard race, right. just because it's, it's, it forces you to pace yourself. You're not going out there. You can't, you know, go out too hard and blow up. So it forces you to pace yourself. And then on top of that, it's like, you got everyone there. Anytime anyone tries to quit, even though it's like when someone quits, you're closer to winning. Anytime someone quits, everyone's trying to keep them in the race. Everyone's encouraging yeah. them to, do, do one more yard, one more yard, one more yard. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, we, we lost one of our, our teammates who was trying to, you know, better his spot to, mm -hmm. uh, to have a better shot at going to bigs this year. And he dropped, he was ready to drop a little after 24 hours. And it was like, it was me, me and uh, Keith, another one of the, my teammates from, from uh, bigs last year. And we, we were just trying everything we could to convince him to go back out for one more, just hoping he's going to, you know, something's going to flip during that lap, but you know, he, he just mentally, he was, he checked out at that point was done. So, yeah. but it's, it's, it really is. It's a really encouraging environment to, for everyone it to push is. themselves to their best. It absolutely is. And I think I will say that about, I've, I've have not done a, a last person standing just because of the distance, um, but I've done looped races before. And I think that mm -hmm. is one of the cool things is uh, for a back of pack runner, I get to run with people at the front of the pack because you mm -hmm. all end up kind of running together. And I'm friends with people from all over in the pack, the front, the middle and the back. And, um, and you, it's such a cool environment because I never get to run um, with people from the front of the pack unless it's a looped course mm -hmm. or it's a, you know, training run or something. So it's such a, an encouraging environment from, the whole crew from everybody. And uh, I love that about that format. Uh, back to some questions. Go ahead. Yeah. Go, 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 Grace. Okay. Go. Oh, it's me. It's me. Uh, questions. I have more questions from Facebook. Vin, uh, Vin from, uh, he's a race director for uh, Laurel Highlands, which is coming up this coming weekend. Beautiful race, by the way. Uh, he had said, what are you running from, dude? <laughs> uh midlife let's, crisis <laughs> love it let's translate to that maybe to like what inspires you out there uh i mean i think i don't know i mean that I, that kind of like i think that ties into just your like your your why about running you know and mm -hmm. it's it, everyone's got their why and it's i think it's personal for everyone but um i think with backyards if you don't have your why and you're not like really if you don't really believe it you're you're not going to when it gets hard, you're not going to keep going. Um, I, I, just if, if, cause yeah, if you don't have the reason to keep going, it's like, it's it, everything hurts and you're tired, you're exhausted, you're sleep deprived. It's, it's yeah. Everything's telling you just call it like, mm -hmm. why, why keep torturing yourself at this point? So you have to have a really strong, strong reason of something really motivating you to keep pushing on. Yeah. Spot on. I think that's exactly what we heard from Brian earlier was his why. So that's, that's great. You tied it in. Um, and I just want to throw this in from the chat. If you're listening in on the podcast, um, I, I mentioned Pemberton 24. Also, Hills Creek and Red Barn Challenge are in a slightly different format for those backup pack runners, which is awesome. And um, Angela had asked in uh, out on Facebook, which we kind of skipped past this, but we were so excited about hearing about the race. But just how did you get into running? Oh, um, actually, I mean, I probably like have my wife to thank for that mostly. Uh, I, I wasn't a runner before I met my wife, and so this this is like in when I was in my mid mid twenties when I met her. wasn't a runner, so this is like twenty some years ago, and. Um, she's a runner. So, I mean, it's, I mean, I probably simplest way to explain it was I was just trying to impress her and have an excuse to spend time with her. Did it work? It. Did you impress her? I guess she married me. I mean, <laughs> awesome. It worked. But yeah, at some point, yeah, at some point, I guess I fell in love with running. So now, I mean, we both still run. I just, I run a little bit more than her. Yeah. Scott, you do your own, your own homemade, um, eggnog challenge that's her too what is that is it what yeah what didn't you do an eggnog challenge make an eggnog challenge up everybody knows what a beer mile is wasn't it similar to that yeah it's basically a beer mile just with eggnog i but remember the, the, seeing this yeah, yeah the rule the rules of the eggnog challenge you know they're, they're not really there's no there's no governing body like the like the beer mile has right now 
So it's actually a, a, a race director here in New Jersey, uh, Kim Levinsky. She uh -huh. she hosted a couple a couple eggnog. She called them nog slogs. That's what it was, uh -huh. like an eggnog slog. But she hosted a couple. I I wasn't able to make it to them in person, unfortunately. So um, so I just did my own in my on on my street and ran a couple eggnog miles for a couple of years and uh, not the best decision of my life. But you know, I, I think in retrospect, it was it was it, it built character so i don't totally regret it but it's it's probably it's one of the most uncomfortable feelings i've ever had at the end of that eggnog mile it's, i it's did a there. white claw mile and that was pretty rough yeah 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 i did a white claw mile <sighs> what are the questions grace and that's, that's all i got from uh from the facebook brian what do you got well i was just curious scott like did, did you just have remnants of eggnog all over your street afterwards or did you like were your neighbors no, pissed at you no no it, it was actually it wasn't it wasn't didn't make that much of a mess i i didn't vomit at all so <sighs> i mean i kept i kept it all down but uh but it was just really uh i felt very bloated uh <laughs> my stomach was sloshing all over for the last last half mile of it and uh yeah just not entirely fun at the time but fun to think about having done it so yeah it's not not terrible i, I also have, i've done uh i started organizing a hot dog mile also because i'm a bit of a competitive Ooh. eating fan so i'm do... in okay and yeah yeah if, so, if, as long as i don't have to do like 10 minute miles like if you can make yeah. the mile slow enough for me this gut i'm telling you what yeah. it's made of steel i can it's, eat as, it's as slow as you want it's just one mile for hot dogs just like a just like a beer mile Cake. just with hot dogs so yeah, eat. we do it every Fourth of July at, at my wife's house, my wife's uh, parents' house, and uh, we we have like all the families there. We do this big hot dog run, and uh, it, it's not it's usually not really competitive. It's usually just me and my wife's brother are the only two that are really competitive about it. And he, he's he's gotten me. I think he's gotten me two or three of the years that we've run together, and and I I got him one year. He's pretty fast. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think if we did uh, a last dog or a last last person standing hot dog challenge, I think I'd get them there. So uh, maybe, right. that's maybe what I was going to say, like, get rid of the hot dog and you win. That yeah. One. <laughs> but but yeah, the hot dog, the hot dog mile, nowhere near as bad as the eggnog mile. Phenomenal, though. So yeah. if you're going to choose one or the other, I'd recommend the hot dog mile. Man, well, either way, it's it's really it really is fun watching uh, what you do, and I mean, I hope I hope everybody that's listening and knows about that format and what you actually did understands it in a phenomenal job, and we all look forward to watching you. Um, and we were we're really excited. Eric was so excited, and he's like, "We just interviewed Scott, and we're gonna be the first ones." Big time. Yeah, yeah well, I was. It's pretty exciting to hear. I hadn't heard you. I haven't heard from it. We haven't chatted in a long time because I haven't yeah. I haven't done any Pennsylvania races in so long mm -hmm. now. It feels like it's been a long right. time since I've done anything in Pennsylvania. So it's yeah. been a long time. And since you stopped doing the backyard format in your in your yard and did more timed events, I've, yeah. it's a little bit more. It's a, it's a longer drive for me to do the shorter, shorter stuff. So yeah, sure. if you bring back I keep the backyard, I'll be back. I keep telling him to do a 48 hour so that I can yeah. do well. It's the, when it's too short. Yeah. Do, do, a, do a backyard with hot dogs. Uh, and eggnog and all that and stuff. Egg. This next one's going to be something. Gonna be, <laughs> backyard's going to be a mess after this one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there with a big smile. <laughs> I'll be so happy. Make it 48 hours, hot dogs and eggnog. And I'm in. I'll win and that thing. <laughs> Well, All Scott, right. um, really uh, appreciate you coming on. Brian, appreciate you coming on because you didn't know either one of us. You were just like, all right, I guess I'll, I don't know what this thing is. And um, uh, best of luck to the both of you in uh, the rest of the year, all the cool stuff that you have going on. Eric, what are you doing this weekend? It's kind of like free weekend. I got to get some more long runs in leading up to my next 100 in July in Montana. So oh. long run and uh, not, nothing crazy. Nice. Stay at home. Yeah. You? 
Yeah, I'm going to be celebrating my 13th wedding anniversary this weekend. Yeah. I know. So we're going to do some hiking, some mountain biking. We got a little Airbnb up by Duncannon, and um, it'll be, it's going to be a good weekend. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, both of you, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Scott, so much. I hope to have you back on the show uh, at some other point eventually, um, maybe with even bigger miles for both of you, if you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> thank, we'll work thank, on it. Yep. Thanks for taking the time to be on. Everybody listening, thanks for listening, watching. Make sure you follow the channel on YouTube, Running Mullet Channel. Tell your YouTube. friends. Tell your parents. Facebook. I, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. We got Patreon. Yeah. We got we got all the things. Yeah. And share the show with other people. Like people got to tell their friends, man. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tune in. It'll be on Spotify in the morning. It'll be on Apple yeah. in the morning. So thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next week. We have an amazing story with an amazing athlete. Yeah, I yeah, we do. be another good one. This one right here. Uh, Grace, this was one of the top ones. I'm not gonna lie. It keeps getting better. The know. you know, the more we have other people on and not us, it's doing <laughs> yeah. pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it stays us out a little more. I think we're <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Have a great night. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Right. Be well. Bye. Bye.